Oh, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Say that amen like you believe it. Amen. All right. Before we take our seats, uh, good morning, everybody. Can you just greet your neighbors? When I, I, I put the word S, so not, I didn't say just not. <laughs> Tell them you are blessed this morning. You are sitting beside me. All those who think everybody else must come and greet them. Tell them, who are you, by the way? Or you tell the person, shift, greet somebody else. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Let us open our Bibles this morning quickly, and then let's declare the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to read from Psalm 33 this morning. The book of Psalms, number 33. Remember, you are, it's a declaration. It's not what? It's not a inspiration. It's not a meditation. It's what? A declaration. You are telling somebody. You are telling. Okay. You are casting out demons. I know some people like to cast out demons. So one brother that day was like, Ah, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Ah, I said, What happened? Did you go for a prayer meeting? She said, Yes, sir. <laughs> I said, What were you shouting about? And let's not start that one now. This is what you should shout about. Shout for people to hear. That's what I mean by shout. Shout for the air to hear. That is the air around you. Let's declare the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we are reading from verse 3 to verse um, 12. One to let's go. Sing, Sing to a new song. Please escape fully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. And by the breath of his mouth of their host, he gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood past. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plan of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. I declare you blessed this morning in Jesus' name. I say you are blessed. Because the true God is your own God. Because Jesus is your Lord. I declare you blessed this morning. Say that amen like you are really blessed. Thank you very much. The Bible says that he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. See, this verse 10, eh? maybe you should plant it on your status. Eh? That, yeah, that's it. Put it on your status. You know why? People who shout Islamization, they, they offend my sensibilities. You know why I don't believe in Islamization of Nigeria? Who can tell me why? You know, because President Buhari is a very nice man. He's a moderate Muslim. He's not a militant Muslim. Is that my reason? Simple. I'm, see, let's get it clear. Anybody saying there's an Islamic agenda, is that saying, do you know what I don't notice? Pastor Banki stands like two hours to preach. He must be eating. What have you said that we are supposed to be excited about? By nature, Islam has an agenda. The name Islam must have an agenda. So you have not given us any revelation. I've seen a Muslim cleric sit down and tell people 
These Christians have an agenda. I'm telling you. And he was begging the Muslim Umar to please give him money so he can prosecute evangelism the Islamic way. So he can go from place to place preaching the gospel of, of Islam. So what did he say now? If he sat down, it's not laugh, you laugh. Somebody forwarded that to me. And I, I, I give God the glory that indeed somebody is recognizing that we have an agenda. And this guy was not in Nigeria. He was abroad. Yeah, he's based in the U.S. And he was explaining, trying to explain that, look at what Christians are doing. Look at what Christians are doing. But are these people, are, we are not rising up. I said, eh. I still have the video. And he was begging that he's ready. He has people that are ready to go out to go and do the work. But they don't have the means. So people should come and support them. What I'm saying is that it's normal. Is whether you have, I, I want Christians to be discussing Christian agenda. What is our agenda? They shoot two times. You run away. I said, there's an agenda. Why won't there be an agenda when you're running? I don't know whether you're getting my point. See, there must be an agenda. There are few religions on this earth that don't have an agenda. There are very few. They have an agenda for advancement. They really don't have. Like Jews, the only way you become a Jew is made them born you. So the way they increase their number is delivery. Just be, everybody, get belay, born, born, born. The number of Jews on the, they, they don't try, they're not aggressive in their campaign to, be, to make proselytes. They're not. For them, it's the best right. But Christians, we ha- see, somebody said something once. Actually, my pastor when I was in Lagos. When I was a young student, the leader of the fellowship before him, he was relatively young as a convert. Maybe like, here, and he, you know, like, okay, let's take um, King of Ministers as an example. And I'm now leaving. So, okay, okay, then. And I said somebody will replace him. Who came last week? No, not last week, like six months before. Well, the people have been there for a long time. So there was a kind of, ah, how, how far? And now some of them, they are not angry, but they are just wondering, what kind of thing is this? You know, he said, you know how they solved it? He said, there's no problem. Pastor said, everybody, just start preaching. The people we know who the anointing is upon. That's all. And that's how they solved it. The same thing, they say, ah, come. God, to tell everybody, bring your rod from each household, each tribe. They put it. Tomorrow, let's see the one that we bought. Tomorrow morning, Aaron's rod had life of the anointing in it. So the thing had to grow. It was growing when everybody else was shrinking because it's, it's rod, they cut it from trees. What am I going to say? Let's all pursue our agenda. And the one whose God is a true God, his agenda will succeed. By the time I'm afraid of your agenda, it's a sign that my own agenda is failing. It's failing. It's failing. Can I digress for a second before you sit down? You young single men, you are greeting one sister. Maybe the Lord is leading you. And that broken begin greet her. And she's looking in that direction. Just walk away. You can't be fighting. You see who will send more recharge cards. Madness, they worry people. <laughs> Any woman that wants to marry who will send more recharge card, it cannot follow you in ministry. Cannot follow you on the mission of God in your life. I mean, as a single, I'll just stand there and be looking. If I, was, I will even stop greeting you. Come and greet me back. No, it's not pride, though. I'm just trying to identify whether you are the one with me. Once I have to be fighting, say, let me iron my own cloth better. The other brother's shirt is straighter. It shows that all of you are not going to heaven yet. You, the other brother, the sister, you need to be baptized. Next time we are baptized, you are keeping you under water for one full minute so that all your sins can be washed away because you are not thinking straight. I hope you are getting my point. Yes. Let's all pursue our own agenda. And the person whose God is the true God, the agenda will stand. 
But you, know what, you want to know what the true God said? Concerning Jesus Christ, he said, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. The Lord Jesus said to himself, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I hope you are getting my point. I just like reading that particular verse again. He said, The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. So you can have any plan you have. Our God will nullify it if it is not his plan. Who is he that says a thing and it comes to pass? When the Lord has not commanded it. You want to know what will come to pass? Only that which the Lord has commanded. Please, let me say this again. People believe that lie. Say, Turkey was a Christian region. Maybe not one single country. Today. So Christians need to arise and do what? When they say they should arise, say, arise and do what? What is it? What are you arising to do? It is right for them to say it if they tell us what to arise to do. Most of the time, what they are saying, arise and be politically aware. And I say that is satanic. That is a lie of the devil. That is a distraction for the church. You should arise and purify your ways. Because only one person could have closed the churches in those places. And he threatened that he would. And you know who the person is? The Lord of the church himself is the one that held the candlestick, the, 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 the stars in his right hand. He's the one that holds the stars. So he comes, he removes your candlestick out of his place. And don't think he can't. Don't think he won't. He does it. He doesn't like the way you are preaching in one church. He will soon close it down. There's one pastor in America. The church has 5,000 members. At one point in time, he divorced his first wife. Church members were looking at him like, okay, sometimes these women, they have problems. We thank the Lord for the pastor's life. Then he divorced his second wife. Uh-uh. Came to church next Sunday from 5,000. They were now 500. He still has people. After a while, the whole ministry closed down. Yes, the whole ministry closed after a while. The whole ministry had to shut down. And Jesus does it all the time. You think it's every time that uh, churches are opening? Churches are also closing. He can close the church in a whole nation. He can do that. What am I going to say? Listen. Only Jesus could have closed those churches. Nobody else could have. Only Jesus could have. So if you don't want him to close you, people arise and walk in righteousness. Do the deeds you did at first. That's what he said. Cast out that woman called Jezebel. Don't follow the teaching of the Nicolaitans. That's what he's saying. And if you do that, if you do what he says, if you repent, then he will strengthen that church and nobody on this earth will be able to close it. No matter the arrangement they have, the plan they have, said the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. Nigerians make me laugh a lot of times. And when I talk, they say people like me that are causing problems. If you say that again, let me, not, uh, let, me, uh, let me stop swearing for people. You're using ignorance to talk nonsense. Say, uh, why are they having to cook bond? You know what they told the church that time? They gave church facts and figures, showed them how many trillions we collect every year in tithes and offerings. I said, just bring half of this, and then we'll balance it. So cook and Jesus bond. Everything will balance. So as you see, so cook bond, building road, Jesus bond, we build real life. So cook bond is, that is, we will share it out. But you can't be there using your money to be building bigger churches, bigger churches, bigger churches. Then when some other people bring their money, 
to invest in infrastructure in the land, you're telling me that Islamization agenda. When I hear Christians talk to them, I said, why do you have this grasshopper complex? It's called grasshopper complex. They have towers. They don't want to. They don't want to. You make yourself look like a victim. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Believe that. If the Muslims come and give the country billions and billions of naira in bonds, you know what that means? They, they say they don't charge interest. So you build the road, we put toll on it, and we collect it all. If you don't like it, bring your own money too. But no, you fragment your money to pieces. Everybody's competing on the size of the auditorium he's building. And then they start making nice. That should have been a challenge. Say, where is our God? When other people are bringing money. That should have been your challenge. Should have gone around church. Guys, we are raising one trillion. If you give this federal government one trillion naira, they will come to church. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. They will come to church. Don't you see the way everybody goes to church when it's election time? Uh, the one, one, one man was praying, campaigning DG of one organization. He said, ah, God, we give you the... I said, one brother was saying, look at... I said, bro, sit down. He's a politician. That's what they do. I showed him the video. One of our brothers, I showed him the video of... Whose name of APC? Is it the APC chairman? What's his name? Huh? Something like that. My noise that. What's the first name? Abdullah Adam, the man was in church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ganduji <laughs> came for Holy Ghost. This is with Father Baka. Politicians, they will go anywhere. When I saw Peter kneeling down in, the, in a, what did he call this place? That place? Dunamis. I laugh. I said, oh, bros, you come to Dunamis now. In fact, I think we should have a lecture every year so all these people can give their lives to Christ. All of you coming to church. You go hear the gospel one way or the other. What am I going to say? If you give them one trillion, bros, president will come to your church. He will come for service. I want to thank God this morning. In fact, I thank the Lord for the Christians in this nation. They are the ones building up this country. They will. But when you spend all the time abusing me, abusing him, abusing him, calling him Islamist, he won't come. He won't give his life to Christ. Those who are giving him to cook bond, he will go there. Worship with them. What am I going to say? This word is true. Let's read it again together, everybody. From verse nine, let's read verse nine to verse twelve. Are you there? From verse nine to verse twelve. One to let's go. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. Amen. amen. I said, Amen. amen. Father, we thank you for this morning again. Thank you for guiding us from our various homes. Thank you for helping us connect online. Lord, as we open our hearts, we know that you have given us a blessing. Therefore, we declare as follows. One, two, let's go. Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I feel you blessed already. So it will happen to you in Jesus' name. Amen. At the end of today, confession will leave your heart. Amen. Listen to this. This is why I came with. Fear will disappear from your heart. Amen. Affliction will disappear from your body. 
Healing will come to every part of you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Kenegan said he noticed he passed out for 12 years. And not one time did he have to bury a church member. Someone said, oh, maybe your members were young. He said, no. They had people in their 80s. For one woman was, it is something, had cancer of the stomach. About to die. He said to her, you're not going to die. The woman said, well, I'm old, I've served the Lord, I'm ready to go. He said, yes, I agree. You can be old, you can be ready to go. But you'll get healed first. She got healed first. And then lived, I forgot how many years after. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. See, once the word is coming, life is entering into you. Amen. It's healing your diseases. Amen. It's renewing your body. Amen. I said it is renewing your body. Amen. What the doctor said was not going to work again is beginning to work. Amen. Yes, that's the way the word works. He also said something, that message. He said, apart from one person or so, none of them was miraculously healed. Like they just wake up one day, bam, just lay hands. He said, no, almost nobody. Not those years. All of them, what happened was simple. As he's teaching the that woman that I was telling you about, he, he, he prayed for her for weeks or months. It's a constant in future. So the first few weeks, all he was praying, you come. Lord, don't let her cast away her confidence. Don't let her cast away her hope. He said he needed her to want to live. So that was the first stage. He took weeks to pray that the woman would want to live. And once he achieved that, then he began to put the word in. For healing. Stage 4, cancer of the stomach melted away. The woman returned to church. I hope you're getting my point. So when I say this, it's not a joke. That's how God... He said no. That, now, they used to have outreaches. And you see miraculous healings. He will lay hands on people. Tumors will disappear. He will lay hands on people. But almost none of those people were church members. Almost none. So they usually are unbelievers. Or people that come from churches that are not, you know... Very alive. It's like their first encounter with the true word of God. So but for the church members, he said, hardly, hardly. He can lay hands on them 20 times. He doesn't see instant miracles. But all of them get healed. All. Why? The constant infusion with the word of God. There was one testimony of a young woman that was mentally retarded. Do you know her brain was corrected? And there was no supernatural, nobody laid hands on. Just as they were hearing the word, always coming to church. Always coming to church. The word kept on coming. That, you see, when people say that, hey, you know I'm busy, you know I laugh. If I was sharing out ten ten dollars every time people come here, do you think we'll have space here? Even if I don't share out money, just saying that I'm going to sit on the, on this platform. Do you know? We won't have space here. Sometimes I look at it and say, you don't value the You don't. When you're telling me stories, I, it, in case you're one of those telling me stories, especially when you're in Enugu and streaming is your portion, just now I don't, I just believe you're not a serious human being. So you should know it now. So when I say, how I say, I, you know, I used to stream, I just be laughing. You see, there's a way you treat the word of God. That's the way it treats you also. It's respect, a sense of value. It's a sense of value. You see, that's the most important thing when it comes to the word. It's not knowledge. It's not intellectual knowledge. It's not the ability to read the whole Bible from beginning to the end. It's the kind of value system you have for it. I'm telling you, there may be a preaching, all right? Uh, your friends say, come, let's go and hear the word. You say, hey, 
I'm supposed to meet a client this morning. Please bring me the tape. Now, you'll meet your client. You will do your business. I hope you're getting my point. And they will get you the tape. But you have to understand, the world is not trying to get you into intellectual knowledge. It wants to impart power. But that, by that value system, when you could have rearranged your schedule, it's not as if, okay, I gave my word, so I can't shift it. But ah, I want to go and look for somebody. Do you get what I'm going to say? I want to say, client, ah, let me see what I can connect. Let me do that first. Bring me the tape. The Lord will not quarrel with you. But if there was 100 doses of power in that world for today, that day, you can't get 10. You will hear it too. You will, hear, you will be able to recite it and preach it too. But let the power flow now. Let it flow now. It just will not flow. Why? For Abinisho, you told the world, because he's a living person. The world is living. You told him, my client is more important in my prosperity than you. So he'll give you intellectual knowledge, how to handle some things, but the power to prosper for that day, he won't give you. He's a person. Look, I declare to those who value the word, blessing in abundance is your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. All right, let's start from the book of Matthew chapter 16. The book of Matthew chapter 16. Okay, let's just start reading from verse 13. And then we are going to read um, to the end. So some reading there. The book of Matthew chapter 16. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. That is, you didn't come about it through intellectual reasoning, not from physical evidence. Don't assume it's because of what you saw. He said, But my father, who is in heaven, Jesus understood that you cannot know him except the father reveals him. No matter what you see, you need the revelation of the Father. He now said in verse 18, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was a Christ. It will only cause problems. It will make them believe. Now, the one that did that last line. Okay. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. The same man that had revelation from God just now. Listen to what he began to yearn from his mouth. Let's see what he began to say. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, He said, God forbid it, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, adversary, the one that does not want me to fulfill the will of God for my life, the opposer. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, 
For you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. That is, the interest of man is what is paramount to you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Please, know when Jesus speaks, eh? No, just know his truth you are hearing. I hope you're getting my point. If he says, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Believe it. He said, but whoever loses his life, not out of carelessness, not out of recklessness, but for my sake, will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every man according to his deeds. Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Why are we reading this today? I want to round off, if God allows us, what we have been teaching on running the race that is set before us. That's what we have been looking at for some time. Now, I've been saying this here and there along the line, what I'm about to teach today, and that's the matter of fear. But it just sat on my heart for days leading up to today, so I believe that that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to tackle. The reason why people don't enter into their promised land is because of fear. Now, please bear that in mind. The reason people don't enter into their promised land is what? Because of fear. Fear is the reason you find that people don't enter into their promised land. You know, you read through the scriptures, one thing you see again and again is what? Fear not. God is always saying, don't be afraid. And the reason is simple. If fear is in your life, what God wants to do cannot be done. If Jesus says to Peter, come, walk on water, if Satan can make him become afraid, he will sink. I hope you're getting my point. You know, I keep on saying Satan doesn't have the kind of power we think he has. You know, I, I'm sure you've heard me say that thing. Maybe, conservatively speaking, a thousand times, you have listened to me long enough. I say it all the time. He has to use devices. So Paul will say we are not unaware of the devices of the devil. He has to use devices. And when Paul was speaking there, he was talking about divisions. So if I want to break a church, Satan cannot say this church will not exist. Just, just, just drive everybody away. No. How do I get inside there? Let's make the, the Grecian widows and the Jewish widows start disagreeing on who got more food. If we can let that become established... The other day in Kaduna, the governor of Kaduna State, who I love very much, by the way. I know many Christians don't like him. I have my reasons for liking him. I know many Christians don't like him, but I have my reasons for liking him. One of the reasons why I like him is because he doesn't care. He says, is that a good treat? Sometimes to do what is right, you need somebody who doesn't care. Last time they said, no, you must have a Muslim running mate, a Christian running mate. He said, would that make you vote for me? Anatu is from there. Anatu still will not vote for him. She's a Kaduna woman. <laughs> the man said, I know Anatu. He will not, he will not vote for me. Whether I, even if I pick her cousin as my running mate, he picked his Muslim running mate and uh, still won. When he was the um, minister for FCT, that's the 
It's the second Mr. Bulldozer in Nigeria. They had one before in Lagos. That guy was Mr. Bulldozer. Just come and look. Who get this house? He says the Supreme Court Justice. Said the justice should have known that this plot of land is not on the master plan for constructing a residential building. Get me my bulldozer. And he will pull it down. He pulled down churches. You know what I'm saying? He's an Islamist. He pulled down mosques. Uh, what is it now? We don't know. It. <laughs> Once you build wrongly, the guy is pulling it down. So at the time, now this is why am I telling the story? You know, many people don't. There was some particular NAFDAQ. There was one man in Nigeria at one time. He said he was curing HIV. I don't know if people remember. Those early days of AIDS. Uh-huh. I don't want to mention his name, but. You know, when people are always playing to the gallery, after everything he said was a lie, I hope you know. I mean, those of us who know, we know. The guy was just lying. And that he was lying was so obvious. So they went to the head of NAFDAQ that time. I also know his name, I just want to mention. And said, why don't you do something about this? He said, if you do something now. They say you don't want your brother to prosper. That's what he said. When they removed him and brought the Dora really. God bless that woman. That woman didn't give a... If, if, she, if he was the one, she will, she will collect him and put him in prison. Then you'll be explaining to the, to, the, to the prison guards how your HIV cure works. Yeah, because the man was breaking every law. He was experimenting with people. He was charging them money. And when you talk, people say, hey, if he's a white man now, they will encourage him. I say, stop talking nonsense. If he was in America, he would be in jail for at least 20 years. He, he wouldn't even dare it. He wouldn't dare. They will put his butt in prison for such a long time. And the money he will pay, his third generation will still be paying. I said, but of course now. Now, where am I going? They said, eh, you don't, if you do anything now, they'll say you, don't, you are jealous. Anyway, let's not even sit there because my time is going. We're talking about uh, Anato's governor, right? He went to a church and closed it. That's what I'm telling this whole story. Closed the church, closed their Bible school, closed their hospital, closed everything. That's why I like him. He didn't care. Normal people will say, hey, you know you're a Muslim. Oh. This is Kaduna. Oh. You know the way Kaduna is. Oh. There's Northern Kaduna and Southern Kaduna. This one, the fries will start. Oh. The guys are waiting for them. What are they doing? What they are doing? Is it good? He closed them very nicely. I hope he has opened them now. He hasn't opened it now. You don't think so? After This is years after. This was during his first tenure. He clo- closed a Bible school. Closed a church. Closed their hospital. Just closed everything. Locked the place with chain. Everybody go house. Don't come to this church again. Somebody say praise the Lord. You are not convinced. <laughs> you don't want to praise the Lord because of everything. When he did that, I said, yes. Yes. I said, God is working. God is working. What was that church? Assemblies of God. When they had Paul, they make a camp and Jesus for camp. Satan came in and closed the church. <laughs> That's the point I'm making. He did not close the Catholic church because there's only one pope. He couldn't close the Catholic church. He did not close the Anglican church. They have just one prelate. But when the assemblies of God people could not decide, and inside them they had two camps, of course, the physical reason he closed it was that they were always fighting. They literally used to physically fight in the place. And the man said, no, I'm not going to take this disorder in this place. That's why I told the whole story. Because a man who didn't used to care. That's, it's only that you will say he's uh, Islamized. He wants to Islamize your church, he doesn't care. 
He closed. He said, if you won't stop fighting, I will close you. So instead of us Christians will be saying that, uh, how can I, uh, we should call ourselves, say, brethren, settle amongst yourselves. Set, if you can settle amongst yourselves, then God will reopen you. Leave the governor out. One of those, there are branches in Enugu here. Police closed it. You're, oh, you're talking about um, <laughs> Kaduna. There's one, is this one somewhere? Now, Mopo, Mopo can't close that one. Why? The people brought cutlass and gone to church. See, you want to know the truth. Forget all this. I mean, I don't play to the gallery. I'll tell you the truth. All these people are saying, the real problem we have in this country, uh, in, 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 the real problem we have in Nigeria is a church problem. And it's not on the surface. I can tell the problems of Nigeria. It has nothing to do with APC or, or Labour Party. No, that's not our problem. The real problem is inside church. It's inside the church. If we solve the problem inside the church, you'll be amazed. Now, I don't have time to explain that, but many of you understand it. I'm talking about the devil. The devil has to use devices. You can't just close a church. What he needs to do is to tell you, say, ah, Brother John, did you notice that they didn't greet you when you entered church last week? It's because you have not changed your car in three years. Just watch those who change their cars in recent times. See the way they are greeting them. Now you will not stand there. And one, one guy will come and they will greet him. Hey, you're welcome, bro. How are you doing? Look at his car. Two years ago, he changed it. And that person will come in. Ah, go, ah, sister, so, so God bless you, ma. You look. Last six months, she bought a new car. Mm. Ah, they, after they greet four people, all of them, buying cars in the last two years. So I told you, in this car, those in this church, those who don't have new cars, they are not greeted. One man, they asked him, how come you have not preached in this church before? He said, ah, it's because I have not bought my car. When I bought my car, they start inviting me up to preach. I said, that is, you've just told us the reason why you have not preached. Just by saying that, you can say your spirit is empty, your head is emptier. So who will put an empty spirit and empty head on the pulpit? That's how Satan works. After a while, that guy starts grumbling. Then he'll go and go and start looking for money. Then he will buy the car, and then somebody will greet him. And I say, Pastor, all this you have said does not make what he's saying true. No, it's not true, it's false. Those people that he saw being greeted, he did not notice those who were. He said, you know when Satan is guiding you? You will see a tree that has been there for a long time. <laughs> has God really said? He said, it will make you wise. As if something lose, he lose good for food. Something he has been passing up and down all the time. Those cars he was seeing, they were not those people's own, half of them. The other one people they greeted didn't come with cars, they were not counted. At the end of the day, Satan will sow a seed of bitterness, strife inside the place. Then went from there down, this church, they discriminate a lot. They discriminate a lot. Have you noticed? Everybody that preaches in that place, none of them is from our state. There's no no good man that has preached in this church before. You know Christians do that thing? Every time pastor invites somebody, he never invites somebody from Enugu State. Look at the last person invited is from Delta. This other one is from Lagos. This one, this one from Abuja. You see that? Have you ever seen an Enugu pastor on this pulpit? Then so you look, it's true. <laughs> you know what's it that we say? I've got this one. There, there you, you're not joining the campaigning. He will twist it and listen, factually, fact, that is physical fact. Many of those things he says will be correct. But what is inferring from me talking about discrimination? Number one, maybe your pastor came from a church 
where most of the members are from Benue. I don't know whether you are getting my point. So naturally, because of the structure of the church, most of their guest ministers are from that area. So it's natural. There are those, you know, churches even do it. They will not be promoting local people to become pastors so that they won't say we are discriminated. Meanwhile, the reason why they were promoting people before is they've been in the church for five years or ten years or twenty years. But now they're in a region where the church has not lasted, been, the church has not existed for more than six, seven years. How do we get a pastor that has been in the church for 15 years? Is it possible? We have to bring from somewhere where the church has been establishment for, like they said, for over 20 years. No, people say, no, this is discrimination and tribalism. What am I going to tell you? That's how Satan gets in. That's the satanic method of entry. Paul said, we are not unaware of what? The devices. I'm talking about the device of the devil briefly before I get back to our main message. Husband and wife, eh? Fight. <laughs> One day my wife said I did something. Now, for your information, if my wife says that I did anything, don't answer her. I never do it. I'm a perfect man. <laughs> I don't do anything wrong. Everything I do is right. Thank you. Somebody say yes. So did you say that? <laughs> my wife, did you hear that? <laughs> the Lord is good. Anyway, so that day she said that. I forgot what she said I didn't hear. So she was angry. She was there. Then, now listen to this. It's a spiritual lesson for everybody. And may Holy Spirit help you to do this that I'm about to say. See. Said thoughts are coming through her mind. Eh? This is how he does like this. This is how he does like this. By the time she repeated about three or four things that I do that's bad, she woke up and said, Satan, my husband is a good man. No, she knew who was talking. He's a good man. He's a man of God. He loves me. He obeys the scripture. She started, it was fight. Yeah, I'm telling you. She said, she wanted to testify. She said, she just sat down there. She began to, ah, she said, what is going on here? This devil, oh, you want to enter this house? There's no space. All the rooms are occupied. My children are taking all the rooms. Don't worry. There's no space. Go to the Atlantic Ocean. There's space there. If you grow between a latitude, you know, it describes someone in the Atlantic where he can go, go and drown himself. I wish God would allow us to drown the devil sometimes. Let him be dying. Every time he tempts me and I win, he drowns. Why? See, I'm talking about the devices of the devil. He doesn't have power. He has to use style. Start telling you bad things about your own wife. And you will sit down there and be listening. He will serve you food. Once you are listening, Satan is very good. He will just serve you food. Okay, eat, eat, eat. No, this food is for just for only you. Say, hmm, these women, they are very nonsense. Okay, yes, they look at what she did. Say, say nonsense. You say, we say nonsense. Say, good. That's where we are going. <laughs> and please, wives, stop listening to angry women. Men, too. There are some angry men out there. Don't make them friends. People will spread their bitterness into your soul and poison your home. That's what they do. Talking to a friend of mine yesterday, we had a good laugh. He said that, do you know that his wife had problems with his parents? Meanwhile, they traveled down to where they live only to give her space. She wanted to go to school and they live abroad. So he said, okay, to his parents, come and visit. The idea, the aim behind the whole thing is that she can go anywhere and know there are adults at home to take care of the kids. Within a few weeks, problems have started. He said before that time, my wife and my parents, my mother especially, they used to be very good friends. What caused the problem? You want to know? Her friends and people have already been explaining how mothers-in-laws are terrible people. 
That's all. The woman didn't have to do anything. The wife just needed to hear again and again that mothers-in-law are terrible. So every little thing, of course, there's no person that's perfect, apart from Pastor Bank, of course, you understand. So, no. <laughs> and that's a joke, you know. All right? Nobody's perfect. Everybody does something wrong. So the mother-in-law will do something which an average person will overlook. An average person normally will overlook such things. But no, it's not overlooked. It's a confirmation of the fact that mothers-in-law are dangerous people. Satan, that's, that's how he works. He has to use tricks, devices. He has to come to you and explain. He has to take away your confidence in yourself. Please, I need to emphasize that. Satan, does, he uses devices. He doesn't have that kind of power. He will accuse somebody, come and sit down. These are your friends are useless people. Then when you start believing, you are giving him power. You know, women cannot be trusted with money. You know, they, they don't have a head. If you believe it, you will start having problems. That's how Satan enters. Please. So you must fight it. You must fight it. And the only way to fight it is not with... Um, not common sense, though. Satan is not fightable with common sense. That English is it's not good. Fightable. Uh, whether it's good or not, I have made it good. All right? So let's use it for today. You cannot successfully fight him with common sense. And that way you can't fight the devil is personal determination. It doesn't work also. He will wear you out. He has that power of attrition. You know, he, he will wear you out. You can't fight him with what? Common sense. You can't fight him with what? Personal determination. The only way to fight the devil is with the word of God. The good thing about the word of God is that it works even when you are feeling weak. Listen to what I want to say. This will surprise you. It works even when you are agreeing with the devil. Say, what do I mean? Sister will come and say, in this church, they only respect those who bought a car in the last three years, like I was saying. And they will show you ten different people coming in that have been respected and who really bought their cars in the last two years. So you have to agree with him. Now, how does the word work? You will say, I thank God there is one Lord, there is one body, there is one God, there is one Father. Now, what has that got to do with the people that are respecting that? Uh, but no, nothing. You just say that there is unity in the body of Christ. And you quote the scripture. That word will go remove two teeth from the devil. No, you agree with him. You are seeing the castle. But instead of you opening your mouth and saying that, yes, that's the problem with this church. This church served, nonsense church. You agree with all the facts he gave. But what was your answer? You quoted a scripture. Let brotherly love continue. It's just a simple scripture. Behold how good and pleasant it is. You're looking at the castle. You're looking at the people. You're looking at all the discriminators. Yet you are saying, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Prefer one another in love. Mm. We thank the Lord. You just go the three scriptures. And you didn't say anything about the facts you saw. The, even though you agreed, the word still works. I hope you're getting my point. That thing I said happened to my wife. It also used to happen to me. I'll just get angry say, why would my wife do like this, do like, like, like this? As I finish saying it, and now grudgingly, somebody say grudging. grudging. I will grumble and say, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now I have learned that, I, that you cannot obey the word of God. You can't. It's not possible. People think you can. You can't. The word can only act on you. Did you hear what I said? 
Obedience is a sign that the word is acting on you. So if you are disobeying, it is not as if you don't have the willpower to obey. Nobody has the willpower to obey. So when you find obedience, it means that the word is acting. So if you find disobedience, go back to the word. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Just meditate. Did you notice that God did not tell, that through Moses, did not tell Joshua to just obey the word? What did he say? Meditate. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from where? Your mouth. But thou shalt meditate, mutter to yourself, daring, day and night. Then you will be careful to observe, to do all that is written therein. You can't just observe it by yourself. It is a word that brings forth obedience in itself. So what is Joshua supposed to do? Meditate. So you wake up in the morning. Hear, O Israel. No, the Jews, they knew how to do it. Just sit down and be nodding. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And just be repeating like that. Commandment number one. You shall have no other God beside me. Number two, you shall not make any grave image. Number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord thy God for, that, for a vain thing. You just keep on, as you are repeating it, when you see a graven image, your hand will pick up a metal rod and strike it and break it. You say, why are you breaking that? Eh, it's me that's breaking it. Why? Because you said, thou shalt not make a graven image and thou shalt not put the name of the Lord thy God on a vain thing. Just those two commandments will wake up in Joshua and he will break the images he will see. Failure in the life of believers is tied to neglect of meditation on the word of God. That's it. So the word works even when you seem to be agreeing with the devil. You are getting what I'm going to say. That is the facts is giving you. They are making sense to you. But instead of you to repeat the sense is made, you repeat what the commandment of God said. So after Satan has sat me down and I've told me every bad thing about my wife, so what are you going to do? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Just that one line, the word wears gloves, pursues the devil and drives out all his demons. Sometimes Christians, you know, that's one thing I've seen. If you get into this demonology thing, all right? Now, what I call demonology thing is this. There's a lot of preachers, Christians, who are obsessed with demons. If this paper here falls down, let me pick it. Thank you very much. Please, let me pick it. Thank you so much. Ah, please, let me pick that paper. Pick my paper. Ah. After that third time, in the name of Jesus, I cast out this demon. They start fighting the demon that's throwing paper. Meanwhile, all that happened to the paper was I didn't place it carefully after I fell the first time. Then they start preaching. The paper dropping demons will bind the activity in this place. Now, this is a funny part of this whole thing. Do demons drop paper? Now, don't answer me so that you may not get it me wrong. Do demons cause papers to drop? Yes, they do. These demons are very wicked. They can be the one tripping your paper. Is it possible? Yes, it's happened like once in about two million times. It's not often. They really have more things to do than tripping my paper. Now, you know why I'm saying so? This is where a lot of people make the mistake. Now, some of those people that preach like that, they have seen demons do silly things like that before. That's why they became corrupted in their mindset. There's a particular church in Nigeria. There are witches and demons and curses pursuing every day. They'll give you 200 prayer points. 90 
5% of those prayer points are on curses, demons, family enemies, enemies of destiny, and all of that. When they analyzed it, I said, I know what the problem is. It's the background of their boss, the big man. It's the background. Now, those are, it's, all, it's in most parts of Africa, okay? It's also in eastern Nigeria. But when you want to see Juju, you go to western Nigeria. That, I think in, in Nigeria, that is where it's strongest. Is there any part of Nigeria that has jazz like those guys? Bini just has witchcraft. I'm talking about jazz. <laughs> if you hear some stories, you'll be amazed. Some of them I, couldn't, I, I can't personally verify. But for the few I can personally verify, eh? I know the other ones I can't verify. They must be true. They said one man entered office. They appointed him into an office. He entered the place. He saw his executive chair hanging in the air. The enemies were daring him to sit on it. And the guy closed the door said, I know they walk again. <laughs> I had a story of another. I won't mention names. Some of, the, some of them may, be, may not be true, but I think a lot of them are true because of things that I know to be true. He said that he got to a man's, um, I think something like, a man knocked on his door. He said, come in. Then he saw the man in front of him. Like, you tell somebody, come in. There was something that happened when he told the person knocked and said, come in. You know, big office. So he went and met his um, big organ, a very prominent Nigerian whose name, if I mention you, know. This was years ago. I mean, more than 50 years ago. Or about that time. So he went and told see what happened, though. Ah, you know, the guy became afraid. Then the boss laughed. He said, don't worry. Next time somebody knocks, don't say, come in. Open the door. He just gave him the code out. I said, they're down on a small power. When they said, they need you to say, come in. So next time they say, they knock, Go and open the door. That power they are using it won't work. One of our brothers, a, 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 real, a real man of God, he said he went to go and see one of these prominent people. Do you understand? And he opened his door to come down. And his feet could not touch the ground. Let me stop the gist there. There are, there are serious things happening. So when you hear me talking the way I, I talk, don't think that I don't know those things happen. One, one that I, when I say personally verify was that it's somebody I knew. All right? told my mother the story. And so it was direct communication. The only person between that person and me in this story is my own mom. Okay? The man said when he wanted to marry his wife, the girl's father refused. He tried for a long time to persuade him. He did not agree. So people told him, kill him. Now look, if the man dies, all this for will go away. So I do kill him. They told him where to go. No, he wasn't going to take a gun or knife. So they told him where to go. So, and he said the man said he went there. He traveled. He got there. He told the Baba, the Baba did the story. So and he heard the whole thing. The Baba said, no problem. The guy did some incantations, did something like that. He said the guy with his own eyes. This man was the one narrating himself, telling my mom. He said with his own eyes, he saw the man's face appear, I think in a bowl of water. He saw the man like life. And the Baba gave him a knife. He said, strike the water, he will die. He took the knife. He looked at the man. He said, suddenly, compassion. He felt pity for the man. Ha! Huh? So he told the man, no, I'm not doing it. Now, I'm telling the story that this really happened. So he said he now traveled and went back home. Say, said, I beg you, uh, uh, this is enough. This Rome, Romeo and Juliet story, it won't end like this. As God will have it, when he got back home, they told him that the man had changed his mind. It's somebody I knew personally. 
Mama, mom told me the story. I was like, what? The man said, he, nobody said, he did it himself. He went. So things happen. It's the reason why people like that, when they give their lives to Christ, and God calls them to ministry. Anywhere your face is shown in a mirror, anywhere your face is shown in water, begin to scatter the water, disturb the water. Father, in the name of Jesus, they will not see my face. I cover my face. I cover with the blood of Jesus. That is why they get agitated. And that's why I feel sorry for people. Before I used to be angry, what kind of nonsense is this? But now I realize that no, it's their background. Some of these people came with, from polygamous homes. Look, Paul Ginandu, who is a bishop today, all right, he's an old man, I should be about 80. Paul Ginandu's mother relocated him from Ibadan to, to the UK just so he would not die because of the rivalry in the family. Everybody is, you know, how do I say it? Everybody has to be, you know, I'm looking for the fortified. So when they give their lives to Christ, that's the problem. So before they used to go from one babalao to another. But now what they do is go from one church to another. They are still going. It's where they go now that's different. The fight has not changed. It's who's now fighting for them that's different. So Jesus is now their new babalao. But they don't know the way this Jesus works. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, they don't know the way he walks. They, you know, they, they, so anything you give them, you give them handkerchief, they will carry. You give because that's what they are used to. They are used to offering sacrifices and everything. That's just what they are used to. It colors their doctrines. The other day, I just noticed something. About what helped me? You know, let me tell you what helped me personally. And God has one the way God does it. First, I was born into a house where they used to go to church. And the only, in quote, Babala that I knew was prophets. There was one prophetess my father and my mother used to go to. And what they used to do was pray. Do you get my point? That was the only history I had. And from childhood, I started going to a church. And listen, don't, no matter how, sorry, can I just say something? No matter how useless you think the church is, church going is salvation. Go and see families where nobody goes to church. They are never normal. Just waking up in the morning, going to church, doing sign of the cross. The family is being delivered. I know what I'm telling you. The, the, God is okay with that. He said, don't worry. I know they won't know much. But the next generation, watch what I will do. So from childhood, of course, by the time I was getting to my teenage years, my mom and my dad never went to that prophetess thing again. It was just church. So there's this man that... We now met anointed man of God. That is when he said anointed. I've told you his story many times. So that was the person that all of us were now listening to his preaching. In secondary school, you know, um, SU people will come teach us. Now, in university, when I started learning the word of God, and the first thing I learned when I became a student, the first Bible, this first book I read as a student of the Bible, I don't mean just church person now or young man as a personal student of the scriptures, was Five Hindrances to Growth in Grace by Kenneth Hagin. So I was thrown into word of faith and were taught, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. From the beginning, I have never joined eh, in my life. I have never joined in praying against witches. I've never. Why? By the time I started praying by myself, I was being taught by Kenneth Higgins how to pray. The first real prayer I remember learning is Ephesians chapter 1. 
that God will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. That was the first prayer I remember. I was being taught to pray. I was taught from the beginning that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I was taught from the very beginning that you are seated with Christ on the right hand of the Father, far above principalities and powers and every name that is named. From the beginning. When I began to enter the encounter these demon chasing people, eh? I was wondering what was wrong with them. One came to our fellowship on Cabo, we had a joint program. He said, Today is going to deliver people from demon life. Why? And they tried to explain. Now, that's why I went into this digression, okay? I know I'm, I'm back to there now. They tried to explain why demons are a problem. And that's why I went, you know, I first said something about these people are dropping, and I gave you a reason why some people behave like that. Now, why don't I believe in that? That's where I'm going. Do demons afflict people today? Yes, I know. But I have found out that as the word of God is being imbibed, see, demons thrive where there is darkness. One day, at night in the house, now this is nothing strange. You have experienced it too. I just woke up and needed to take a drink of water. So I went downstairs and entered the kitchen. This was around 1 a.m. So I switched on the light. And you know who I saw? The guys I saw. You don't know who they are? No, 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 I don't have rats. Cockroaches, thank you. Tiny, tiny cockroaches. As soon as they saw the light, they began to disappear. So I saw, I said, you are hatching already. Now, with that kitchen every day, you don't see cockroaches. If you are there every day, you will not see a cockroach. Because periodically we, you know, fumigate and then put insecticide everywhere. You don't see cockroaches. So just as I said, no cockroaches. Until I came at one day when everywhere was dark, I put on the light. They had come to look for any food that you had not, they have not claimed. Just by the way, if you don't want insects, if cockroaches and rats to thrive in your house, that's one law my wife has. You clean the kitchen every night. Every night. That is as a law. You wash the place, you clean everywhere. Because they themselves, you know, everybody is looking for food. Why do you go to America? Isn't no food. <laughs> Everybody's looking for food. So what my wife does is to deny them food. The cockroach sees something to eat, eh? it go lick the whole floor. But you enter the kitchen in my house, most times at night, the whole place is clean. They stack everything. So the cockroaches, they suffer. To breathe in my house is hard. To make it worse, she will now put insecticides. In fact, if you're a demon, just don't come to my kitchen because... Hunger will kill you. If insecticide doesn't kill you. Now, why am I telling this story? So that night, of course, next day, I just told, I said, no, no. They have to fumigate the house in that. Of course, they, are, they were all tiny, which there is fresh eggs hatching. Now, why am I telling this story? You see, once light came up, what happened? Like one joke I heard. There's a how many, you know, I've heard this before. How many men does it take to change a light bulb? You've heard that thing before. So somebody said, how many cockroaches does it take to change a light bulb? You know, there was an insect story, one of these um, children's cartoons. So the comedian said, you can't tell, because as soon as the light comes on, they scatter. <laughs> Do you get the joke? Yeah. yeah. Now, what am I trying to say? Demons thrive where there's darkness. They thrive. When the Bible talks about darkness, all right, there are two sides to darkness. Darkness is, number one, the absence of light. Then number two, that's not all there is to darkness. Number two, there is a spiritual force that thrives in the absence of light. The Bible also calls that darkness. So that's why you have to separate the light from the darkness. So anytime 
you want to drive out these things that thrive in darkness. You put light. I don't know whether you're getting my point. See, that's why I told my cockroach story. Once you put on the light, they disappear. Some time ago, we had that kind of, as there was an issue like that with cockroaches around the neighborhood. My friend, my, our brother just said no. So we went to a well at the back, where, where I used to stay before. We went to the well at the back of the house. He said, so he opened it. He said, just keep it open. That, how do you drive them? He said, just keep the thing open. He said, when light comes in, that once there's darkness, these cockroaches, they thrive. That if you just make sure the place has light, they will not stay there. What's the lesson for today? Take demons like that. You can't go around killing demons. There are too plenty. What do you do? Deny them where they can thrive. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Deny them where they can thrive. Fill your life with light. I'm still talking about devices of the devil. Fill your life with what? Light. And what is light? Is the word of God. The light is the word of God. So anywhere in your life you feel with the word. That's what I was saying. You can't resist this devil like that. Like say, the devil, I resist you. No. Even when you seem to be agreeing with him, just shine light on your thoughts. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Because what he wants is to scatter your thoughts, scatter your heart. See, this guy is cunning. And the demons he has, they are almost innumerable. I said we are fighting a spiritual intelligence. I hope you are getting my point. You are fighting a spiritual intelligence. What God does is that he just gives you one method by which you fight. Those guys are using 10,000 methods to fight you. God said, I'm not going to teach you 10,000 methods to fight them. I will just give you one. So, no matter what they do, they bring all thoughts to your heart. Just fill your heart with what? With light. Just fill your heart with light. So, let's get back to that husband and wife matter. You know, the devil is tenacious. Why is he tenacious? He has no other power. You will win today. He brings the same temptations to you tomorrow. Have you noticed that the world has been taking paracetamol for a long time? They have not come to complain that headache has not been eradicated. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If headaches, what do they do? They buy another two tablets and swallow. But Christians think that if this word really worked last year, why am I still having the problem today? You are having the problem today because the enemy came back. Go and read the temptations of Jesus. Time would not allow me to start analyzing it. He kept coming back. Jesus had to keep fighting him off. But the way you fight is just one way. That's the point I'm making. You constantly deny him that access, that place to thrive. So he comes to the man again. He says, see your wife. This is what she does. This is what she used to do. You know this about her. This story, 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 story. When he finishes the story, don't argue. No, my wife's not like that. Not, no argue. This argument is not going to work. What if they say, Mr. Devil? Of course, for your information, it doesn't come and say, hello, good morning, sir. My name is Mr. Devil. This is my ID card. I just want to ruin your life, so let me just talk to you. He doesn't do that. Thoughts just start dropping your mind. So what do you do? When the thought has finished his own, say, let me start my own. Say to my soul, you can talk to your soul. Now say, the Bible says, Love your wife as Christ loved the church. See all those bad things I said about your wife? Turn them to intercessory points. 
Father, forgive her of us. You know what the Bible says? If you see a brother committing a sin, what do you do? You pray. Uh-huh. So, Father God, because my wife is like this, I ask you to have mercy. I ask, ah, uh-uh, no. That one, well, I'm sure my wife suspects. If she annoys me, I pray for her. Because I know, especially when I think she has done evil. You know, there are times you do evil. How many people have done evil here before? Don't, if you don't put up your hand, that alone is evil. <laughs> you know, there's a way. L- let me tell you something about submission. Digression, right? I know you like it. <laughs> submission does not, you know, that's one mistake people make. Sub- submission and obedience are two totally different things. And that's why past preachers often cause problems for couples. They teach the woman to obey. The Bible doesn't say obey. The Bible says what? Submit. Submit means that you open your heart to learn wisdom from somebody who's senior to you. That's what submission is. Do you get my point? So a lot of times it looks like obedience. But it's not obedience. Obedience is that do what I say, no matter what. Submission is that my heart is open for your leadership. Now, this is where I'm going. Now, because people like to obey, sometimes they can, in opposition to submission, get you to approve what they want to do. I hope you're getting my point. For example, let me take my wife as an example. Sorry, baby. You're the only, <laughs> you're my number one disciple, the only wife I have. So, sorry, you have to be the one I'll be using to preach. Sorry. <laughs> this is what I'm making. Assuming my wife wants to travel and I don't want her to travel. So, you say, okay. Then tomorrow I say, please, can I travel now? And I refuse. One thing I know about, she will never go until I say yes. But no, there are different ways to get yes. One way to get yes is just say it four times. Last week, no. This week, no. After a while, the Bible says, unless she wears me out with what? Her frequent coming. <laughs> you now say, okay, mm, be going. Say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you know, sometimes like that, eh, what she does, when she goes there, eh, I just say, hmm, now wow. I start praying. I literally pray. Because as far as I'm concerned, this thing you are doing is not good. And what if I have that thought? It's called accusation. I literally turn it to prayer. I pray for the journey extra. If it's a journey my heart is fully in, do you get my point? I just say, go where it's where we see in Jesus' name. That's the end of it. But if you want that my heart is not really in, I turn it to serious intercession in the house. I bless the journey. I ask for mercy for her, for me, for everybody. That, that's, that's, that's the way you do it. There's one reason why God doesn't, when he told, anyway, there's one reason why God tied a man and a woman together in marriage. Because if you are my friend and you are misbehaving too much, I will leave you. If you are my wife, I can't. So for the interest of peace, for me, I will pray for you. If you are my husband, you know, you get my point, as a woman now, I can't go anywhere. So for the interest of peace, for my soul alone, I must continually pray for you. That's why God gave, gave, you know, we could have been growing on trees. We just drop one day, bam, you are not a human being, be going. God didn't allow that. <laughs> you have to be given to somebody, a father, a mother. When the whole world has given up on you, usually the mothers, they can't. The whole world have given up that this guy, useless. The mother too will give up in the morning, repent of giving up by evening, and be on the knees. Begging. No, that prayer is very important. God needs it to save that young man. God needs to save that young woman. I hope you're getting my point. I'm just digressing to teach you some things. All right? 
So back to what I was saying. So if the devil comes like that, when he has finished all his accusations, end it with the, the only word God has for you, for your wife, is scripture, which says what? Love your wife as Christ loved the church. That word works by itself. The word will just work. How does it work? You just, come, you just wake up in the morning, you just look at your wife and say, wow. You no know, love, you just say, ah, come here, baby, come here, baby, give me a hug. Your wife says, what is going on there? So I don't know. This love just, you know, you all wake up in the morning, you'll be loving, you know that kind of, your wife says, she's going now, where are you going? Must you go out? Okay, come and stay here now. Okay, let me escort you to the gate. You'll be holding her like this. They say, ah, okay, you've been married for 20 years now. You say, eh, you could just be sweet, you know they call sweet. You want to know the truth? You can't put it on. You can't do it by yourself. You activate it by the word. And the way you do it is simple. Like I said, when all the bad things are finished running through your heart, just simply take a scripture and say, love your wife as Christ loved the church. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. No one hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes, cherishes her as Christ does the church. Just read the scripture like that. What does it mean? You don't need to know the meaning. Just read it. Not memorize it. In fact, read it to, just read it to the atmosphere. Or like I say, put a glass of water there. Read into the glass of water, drink the water, and leave it. The word works. Is the reason, back to what I was trying to say, is the reason, I learned that first. Is the reason why I never understood this pursuit of demons. Anywhere you feel with scripture, demons can't, can't tabernacle there. And anywhere the light of God does not feel, cast them out ten, ten times. They, each time they come back, they bring seven spirits more wicked than themselves into the place. I hope you are getting my point. Each time they come back, they bring seven spirits more wicked. So sometimes when I see people, you know, cast out this demon, cast out that demon, you actually cannot. They can go out, but as long as the place is not flooded with light, they will be back, most certainly. But as soon as the place is flooded with light, what happens? They scatter. So those who keep on every little thing, they cast out demons. I say, why do you cast out demons so much? Your life is filled with demon casting. You want to start serving, say, every demon today that says the word of God will cast you out. The demon... See, let me tell you how to cast a demon from, a, from your message. Praise the truth. You know why demons come in? Once your message is manipulative, you want to start, you don't check. How many do you say we're supposed to pay? 2.5 million naira, sir. Okay, after today's service. Once you start like that, if you like, bring, carry, uh, what they call, fire, what they call fire service, that their tanker, fill it with the blood, and spray the whole place. The demons are not going. The demons are not going. Once, when you wanted to start, how would I twist this word? Ha. Oh, God. Pastors, God will have mercy on many of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, have mercy on me that I'm preaching now and every one of my brethren. The things that we do. See, that was a good place to connect that thing with offering. The day somebody told me that I almost fell down. I'm like, you mean you do that? You know that kind of thing. Like, why would you do that? Is that, is what is my, is it that point? Is it pointing where that man should just put that thing and connect it to Titan offering? My God, the taking would have been good. <laughs> See, I'm not joking. This is what people do. Sometimes a man will finish preaching. 
Maybe I finished preaching today, and you are ah, my God, that thing Pastor Banky said, oh, my father, if you want that harmony between husband and wife to be your life, you will rise up right now, and then you will say to the Lord, there is my sacrifice. This honey in the stomach for my wife or my husband will not disappear. With this sacrifice, I claim it. It's stealing. And we pay. Now, when you do like that, if you like, go and feel the blood. Fill a tanker, you know what they call it, fire service truck, and spread the whole place. You can't cast out those demons. Those demons will stay. They will keep on staying. They, why? They dwell in darkness. So once your message is not pure, it's not the pure word of God, you will give them space to thrive. You can't help it. There's nothing you can do to stop it. So as a preacher, you want to drive the demons out? It's not hard. Now I cast you out. Don't worry. Come, declare the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and preach a true gospel. They, they, they can't stay. They will not be able to stay. And where you preach the truth of God regularly, do you know, even divisions, the spirit of division will find it hard to tabernacle there. All of these things are problems that we're always fighting, chasing demons. It's because we give them space to grow. I hope you're getting my point. How do we get, we don't tell the truth. We have a wrong object, a wrong motive. We have something set in front of us that is not Christ. We set a church building in front of us that we must finish this project before the end of next year. And it's the focus. Every preaching is about the church building. That thing has become an idol. It has become an idol. Now listen to me. Material things are good, but it must be added. They must be added. There must be additions. They're not something. No. No matter what. Look. How you know something is not being given to you by God is that you are entering into a, through a gate of unrighteousness. You know, I, I keep on quoting that in from Psalm 118. Open to me, for me, the gates of righteousness. The righteous will enter through it. The gates of God. He said the righteous will enter through it. That is, there is a way you enter. It's not just what you enter. How you enter it. You can finish building a church building as a ministry, as a pastor, and God will swear, he will say, by myself, I have sworn that in destroying, I will destroy it. Well, you are there celebrating. God is just looking. And those who are praying, they say, Father, and Daniel, we are praying for that ministry, we are praying for that church. You just say, hey, 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 you know what I will do for you because of your prayer? I will break it Monday morning when they don't come to church. Okay, I can grant you one thing, nobody will die. But breaking it, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth. I will break it. Why? The moment this church building started, truth disappeared. There were marriages having problems, which I ordained that they should come there and get the word of healing. They came there, unfortunately for the troubled husband, he was rich. So, instead of his marriage being helped, what happened was that they made him sow a seed for deliverance. Meanwhile, what he needed was not a seed for deliverance. It was to just hear a word that says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. The woman was supposed to hear the word, submit yourself unto your own husband. That word expanded. That was taught. But no, you had to take the offering for the day because the man that supplied you iron rod is coming on Monday. And this is Sunday. And there's a way God does his thing. Eh? I've noticed about which makes him very dangerous for me. If God says, Mr. and Mrs. Bruce, or Mr. and Mrs. John, whatever be the person's name, I've been using John, not be you, just be you, borrowing John. 
Say, go to that place today to go and hear the word of healing. Hmm? Even when he knows I won't preach it, he'll still make you go there. I don't know whether you're getting my point. See, there's a way it works. Say, why would he do that? Because God says things in order. In his order, he has said that on the 5th of September, whatever be the date, this ministry, this church, Banky will preach this word. That's what I have ordained. So he will gather the people that are supposed to hear it. Now, if I decide not to preach it, hmm, he won't stop them from coming. Even though he knows I won't preach it, he will still give the commandment, preach it. Then that day, I will not preach it. Now, this is how Satan works. What Satan simply does is give me a reason not to preach it. There are a number of reasons. He plants the biggest giver in the church in front so I can see his eyes. So that when I'm, when I'm preaching something he doesn't like, I will know by his body language. When he's asked coffee and he doesn't have coffee, I just know that what I'm preaching is not good and that offering may go down. And because of fear of man, and I know the man, you know, his wife and his children left him last week and they've gone somewhere. They've gone abroad. He's going to stay alone. So I don't know. I don't want to offend him. Let him not think I'm speaking to him in codes. It's satanic oppression. Satan makes him sit in front and God allows that. The iron rod man has to be paid. I gave, we gave a check as a ministry. It must not bounce. That check has, was lodged in the bank on Thursday. So it's going to hit clearing after 48 working hours. That money must be lodged in that account tomorrow. So I start preaching. Instead of preaching, love your wife as Christ loved the church. I start praying, Father, God, we thank you. This morning, the Lord has a special blessing for some people. And I want to know the gospel, the principle of the shade. And you plant a shade, it multiplies. There's an, there's a, there's a, there's an anointing in the house this morning. And then any, anointing, any offering that is given, the Lord said to me, is going to bring forth a hundredfold return in an emergency. Hallelujah. And what the Lord is saying, don't you hear it? Americans are masters at it. It's money they're looking for. I'm sorry to say, it's money. It's, it's money. So you will not let this anointing pass you by. Say, this morning, some people, that is, oh, so, and then God says, people have marriage problems. So they say, yes, Lord, we're going to handle that. So if you have a marriage problem this morning, what are you going to do? You say, Lord, this is my seed. Save my home. Lord, save my home. Say, so you do something that will be dangerous to the Lord. You do something that will scare heaven. Heaven will see your seed and disappear. Oh, oh hallelujah. Stop talking. And Jesus will be looking at you like this. Guess what? You will get the money. It's 2.5 million naira. They will give it. You lodge it in, your building is saved. Then God says, by myself I have sworn. I will destroy that building. You will find out that serving idols is vain. That man will leave who is sent and his mind will crumble and the Lord will mark it against you. You may find deliverance from another place later. But that one, he marks it against you, against your ministry. See, you know what God said? If a man is sinning, I tell you to go and and warn him about his judgment. If you do, and he continues in his sin, it's not a problem. He will perish. But you, you have been saved. Because I'm talking about the devices of the devil. That's what I'm trying to emphasize to us. The devil doesn't have the kind, you know, I keep on saying it. He doesn't have that kind of power we think he has. He doesn't. He uses tricks. He uses devices. Sorry, I've not been able to settle on my message, but this has just been good because, I, I don't, you know, fear was what I wanted to talk about. To talk about fear being the way by which it denies people of their destiny. 
But I've just taken this time out to talk generally about his devices. And the way to fight him, talking about demons, fill the place with light. Don't use common sense to fight the devil. I will never do it. It's not good. What is on? That's common sense. Who cares whether it's good or bad? How did you just take the scripture? This is the will of God concerning you, your sanctification. You just, just, just read out that you learn to possess your body in sanctification and in, and in honor. That's it. You're a married man. <laughs> One woman told me a testimony once. Eh? Do they how the word works? She told me, you know, she, was, she, she, she saw me confess the truth. Say one day she met a man somewhere. And, you know, they just talked, you know, maybe they just sit down, maybe, maybe at the reception somewhere, just met somebody and they just started talking, just normal talk. Hey, how are you doing? What do you do? And all of that. In that process, they exchanged numbers, you know, like, you know, just got to know, okay, what do you do? Okay, let me have your number. Married man, she's a married woman. She said, next thing, and it's, an, it's a slightly older man, you know. It's a striking difference in their age, okay? Next thing she knew that, she, let me, let's make a long story short. She was emotionally attached to him before she knew what was happening. Ah. It started by like, maybe he needed help. She would help him, you know, like, okay, his family wasn't around. She would go, okay, what do you need? Okay, sir. Say, next thing they knew, there was a like, ah. And she was honest about it, though. And then she even confessed to her husband. I can't remember this, that side of it. Says, I, do you know what I did? I just took one of your messages, put it on my ears, and listened to it. She told me the particular one, the particular thing. She said, by the time I finished listening, listen to what he said. He said, it's as if I was exorcised. It's as if a demon left me. That's what she said. Testimony she gave me, she, she, she explained, she says, I just listened. I said, no, something's wrong here. And as she listened to the messages, he said, that, that's what I'm telling the story. He said, at the end, as if somebody cast out demons out of me. He said, at the end, it was as if I was exorcised. I can assure you of one thing. That was demonic activity. Of course, a door was open. There was a way she opened the door. But the demon entered and stayed and became a problem. How do I get rid of this demon? Nobody laid hand hand uh, hands on her. She just got mercy and said, ah, God, I need you. As the word finished reeling through her, she was delivered. I'm giving you the word she gave me. She said, sir, it was as if I was exorcised. By the time she was done, she was free. The emotional attachment was gone. See, the reason why Christians, I keep on saying it. If you don't flood your life with light, you go cast out demons tire. You go cast out demons. Oh, God. So sometimes when churches thrive on casting out of demons from their own members, it makes me laugh. It's a sign. No, it's a sign. You guys are not grounded in the word of God. You're not grounded in truth. Met a man once preaching, gyrating, gyrating, gyrating. They were, I just was I said, I said, the problem with this guy, he's not, he's not grounded. I said it. I said, this guy is not grounded in the word. Some, some of spiritual things that impress people. <laughs> no, my wife used to say that you are the strangest Christian that I ever met. People get, you know, people get, <laughs> one day some people came and told my wife, ah, you come for that meeting, no? Powerful meeting. Anointing is moving. She wasn't around, but then she came back. Her friend said, ah, you're back. Hey, we are meeting again tomorrow. Come and see power. So my wife dressed. She was about to go. I said, my baby, please come. What is this? Please sit down. She said, I said, you know me. Of course, how can your wife not know you? I said, you know 
if this will be of blessing to you, I'll be the number one person to give it to you. She said yes. I said, so I'm asking you not to go for this meeting. She was surprised. I shouldn't go. I said no. So she's not go. Her friend called later and said, ah, you didn't come. I said, no. why now? I said, I'll just see you later. And when I came and said, eh, is it because of your husband? Well, I said, actually, yes. He said, hey. and my spirit was telling me to tell you not to tell him. This man will be jealous. <laughs> what she did not know was that by making that statement, she confirmed to my wife that my husband was right. That her husband was right. She just confirmed that statement that she made. She confirmed to my wife that her husband was right. You know my husband. Jealous of what? Her. And of course, further down the line, she be, what was my reason? I said, these same people will not gather to study the word. These same people, all the, all the story they come is that they were praying. They saw vision. They were praying. They had this one. They were praying. Vision, 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 vision. They lay, I said, gathering of visionaries. I said, Lila, you're not going there. <laughs> no, because my one is that these people will destroy my house. They will soon see visions for me of things that did not happen. <laughs> they will soon start leading my wife with vision. I said, I better go. God said, guard it and keep it. This is my garden. I beg you. I beg you. Please, madam, stay here. When is, has God really said, I don't want that one, no, please. But if 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 Eve cannot handle that, Satan, I will handle this. <laughs> I'm telling you. I found that, look, that's where I am. You, in fact, my wife said that. You are very straight. I said, look, baby, baby girl, that's where I be. I, I was taught, God, I give you the glory. From, I'm telling you, I read five hindrances for, to growth in grace before I was 15. Over the next few years, I read every book Kenny Higgins wrote. I read E.W. Kenyon. God exposed these people to me. So when I see people just, just gyrating and using spirit, look, some people, if you use spirit near me, I say, I go trip, you go fall over. I say, my friend, behave yourself. You don't know any scripture. You, the word of God, you want to, and the Holy Spirit began to say, the Holy Spirit began to say, what did the Holy Spirit say? He said, my children, do not be afraid. I say, it's not in your Bible. What are you telling me? Holy Spirit is telling you. If you read your Bible, you will know that one. See, there's no substitute. If you say, Tan, you cannot fight him with sense. You can't. The only way to fight is fill your heart, fill every corner of your life with the word. Don't even say, you know, there's this thing we don't say because, ah, Paul was talking about division in the church. So let's fight division. So how do we fight division? We're going to set up a truth and reconciliation committee in the church, so that if any brother has something against another brother, then they are going to come to the truth and reconciliation committee. That's very good. You know, there is, is no, you will be frustrated. The first division in that church, you know where it will be? In the truth and reconciliation committee. There will be the first to fight. How do you handle division in church? It is simple. He said he gave some as apostles, as prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For they are defined of the saints. You understand? Let, let me read this, please. I want to just read it properly. Ephesians chapter 4, quickly. He said, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to what? The unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. That is, how does unity come through maturity? Unity does not come through negotiation. It comes through what? Maturity. 
So if you don't want division in the church, you teach the word. You make sure that each gathering is centered around scripture. See, if you are the pastor of a church, you have to use arm of the church. If all they do is break dance, they, they, all they are doing every time is dancing and drama and sewing and football club, the kind of iniquity you will find there, you wouldn't believe. So you have a use arm of the church, no problem. When they gather, they will first pray. They, Thanksgiving, five minutes. Praise, worship, 15 minutes. Then you bring somebody, come and share the word. 45 minutes, we hear the word of God before we start dancing. And they will know that every meeting is prayer, praise, worship, then any other thing. Even if it's choir practice. Sometimes choirs make me laugh. They practice the whole night. I say, you people can never prosper spiritually like this. Even those of us who are preaching, I'm sorry to say, which is more important technically in that assembly? The preaching period. Which, number one, is longer. If not quiet, they hear since I stand up, you, you yourself will have been tired by now. These pastors don't stay up practicing to preach for one whole night. Why is the choir staying up for a whole night? Anyway, you are not anointed. If you are anointed, I'm telling you the truth. You won't stay up for You are not called. All of you, they should disband your choir. Rehearsing for a whole night because of what? That is why they all, that's why half of the problem in the church inside the choir. <laughs> See, anybody you give prominence, you don't first build with the word. Glory is weighty, it kills people. That's why I say if I want if I start only the person leading will be in front, the rest of you stay, stay on the same level as the rest of the congregation. Because if you stand here and you are not heavily anointed with the word, the pride. Alone, it will enjoy you. In the choir, listen, tell them, I don't want problem in this choir. You are the pastor of the church. Thanksgiving, five minutes. Praise, worship, and prayer, 15 minutes. You share the word for another. So anytime people gather, the first 45 minutes you are sharing the word. Then you can rehearse for another 45 minutes. That's the, that is the way you drive demons away from there. All those stupid boys who come there to look for choir girls, they'll just be dying across the road. He said, that brother was coming to church. Oh, motor just jam up. Good. Because I know how I jammed. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Young people gather like that. Don't let them gather. Because I've seen the people before. When they see such gatherings, they won't come to church. They will come for the meeting. Ah, that, See, young people have energy. They, they have to use it somewhere. And I believe that churches should give them, some, give them football to kick. Start a basketball club. I don't care. It's good. But when we come for practice... First thing, we will join our hands. We will rebuke the devil this time around with the word of God and prayer. Then somebody will sit down. Two people will give, I will give you, okay, you are sharing on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. You are sharing on verse 21. So next time I come, they will come. See, let me tell somebody the word of God there. Whether you know it or not, just read it out. Paul said to Timothy, give attention to reading. Just get up and take. There are young people, yes, I know they are not called to ministry. Hey, you, you are using 2 Corinthians chapter 13. You will read it out. They will discuss around it for 10 minutes. They will start playing basketball. They will start doing our choreography. It will start. That's how you keep iniquity away from that congregation. People sometimes, you, 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 you think you can negotiate unity. See, tell assemblies, have they solved their problem now? Assemblies of God? No, they are factions. They are factions. Eh? The only way to solve it is not reconciliation. See, 
I used to say that one group will just relax on another. How can you relax when the Holy Spirit has not given you the relaxing ability? The only way is can or PFN. Should start doing programming the church. That is, don't go near the affection problem. Just say, today we are talking about the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We were sinners born in iniquity. We were going to hell. Then God sent his only begotten son. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. That you just keep on t- I'm telling you. He died for our sins. All those who have believed in him, they have been delivered in the name of Jesus. Amen. End it there. Tomorrow, come and talk about second coming. Next day, talk about the power of resurrection. Don't talk about their problems. Though. Then when you finish, after one year, you know what God will do? All the people that are resistant to the word of God, he will so remove them. All the ones that are subject to the word, they will, their eyes will open. They will suddenly say, what has been happening to us? They will hug each other. The problems will end. The people, because some people are resistant. That even God says this one. Nothing. You know, they are people like that. Yeah. God will kick them out. I don't want to say other things he will do, but he will do those things. Then reconcile the rest. What I'm going to say, you cannot negotiate into unity. You mature into unity. Again, husband and wife in the house. Please read the Bible. Low. All those foolish books you read. 17 keys to making a woman happy. I hope you know it's a lie. All those women that teach you that how to get what you want from your husband, they are sending you to hellfire. I know what I'm telling you. They are not helping you at all. If you want to get something from a man, you will cook the food he likes. It's witchcraft. Too. Do you get what I'm saying? You want peace in the house? Read the Bible. Pray the word of God. Please, can I just beg you, Madam, my wife, that's been thinking that witches are against your husband. They are not. They are against everybody. Why do we like to feel so special? <laughs> so all the witches that are not letting <laughs> Oh, let me not let me not go into this. You'll just be laughing. People get problems. This is not witch. It's not witch. How do you solve this that's as a fa- couple, as a family? Make sure you read the scriptures. That my children were traveling. As they entered the vehicle, that they're going to Lagos by road. I told them, Deuteronomy chapter 33, they understood. That was the safety for the road. After blessing, I said, You know, okay, tell, you, I tell your brother, Deuteronomy 33, so okay, okay, they know what to do. Bring it out. There is none like the God of Israel who rides the heavens to help us and to the skies in the majesty. That's the only thing I can give you. Sometimes, Look, Nigerian travel, their mother will call them. Okay, have you people gathered this morning? Have you read the script? I'm telling you. Sometimes the morning they come prayer time. Maybe I'm not ready to go out. I'm hurrying. I have to meet in online. Mm. Oh, yeah, one of you. Bring out the Bible. The other person pass comment. You know, I don't care whether your comment is sensible or not. Just read it. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Just read it. Read it. Just read it. I'm not talking about her or who's anointing this house. It doesn't matter. Just read it. Where are we reading? We are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You read the whole story of love. Does anybody have any comment? The comment is, um, love is patient. Amen. It means that love has patience. Praise God. (laughs) It is good enough. You know why? The word works. The word is a living being. What you are doing by releasing it like that, you are releasing that word to go and act. It will bind the family together. That's why they used to say, that the family that prays together 
says together. Now, let me say something. It's not just praying, praying nonsense. Pray. The family that prays against witches together will scatter. Do you get my point? So it's not just praying. If all, all our neighbors that don't want us to prosper on this street, fire, hold, your, your family will scatter. Praying together is the word of God together. So let's be like the family that prays the scriptures together, we stay together. All these funny churches we go to, those families we scatter. Now, so one, one man where I heard this true story. In fact, when I finished, I read the story, used it to preach. One brother called me, said, Ah, sir, so I heard that story. It's my cousin. I read in the newspapers. I used it to preach here. One of our brothers, who's a minister also, he called me from his place, he said, Sir, that story you told is my cousin. One church told one the woman, your husband is an occultist. He has used your daughter for sacrifice because your daughter died. The woman went to another church. That one said, no, so the man went to another church, said your wife is a witch. Is the reason why your business is going down. A son that came out of the family was the one that wrote it. And his own reaction was that look at how religion destroyed their family. So he didn't used to go to church. He wrote it, I think, on Facebook or somewhere. Anyway, I got the thing, I read it. I think somebody forwarded it around. So he was not going to church anymore. Because he was angry that church, look at what church is. And he was saying, listen to this, listen to this. Listen to this that, do, do, that his father that has maybe a PhD and his mother that has a master's degree, how can they believe that nonsense? When I read it, I felt sorry for him. And I said, this young man's life cannot be straight. Something must be upside down. Then when his cousin called me and said, sir, that is my cousin. I said, how is he? He said, like you said, he has not been able to graduate from university. I said, it's clear now. I said, listen, it's clear. His reaction to this, he's upside down too. That is his own life. The same spirits that felt spread on him. He didn't know. I felt sorry for him. I just read it. See, I didn't, I just, I said, this guy that wrote this thing, I'm sure these demons are on him. His life is not straight. His cousin says, sir, this is how he's going from one trouble to another. He couldn't leave school. I think he said, stay four years, probably stay seven years. Everything has been upside down in his life. I said, it is clear now. You know, sometimes when I talk, <laughs> you say, pastor, how do you know these things? I don't know. When you just read it, you just say, this is where this is going. Like the one that I make out was in the other day. I said, this guy is going to get fired from that office. He burst into laughter. Because I said, get to the place where she was fired. I said, if you talk like this and you walk in a bank, you will soon get into trouble. And of course, he burst into laughter. He said, eventually this one happened and then he sacked her. I said, I knew that's what it where it will go. That young man story exactly the same. I just I read it, just read it online. I shook my head. I said, You think this is reason for you to say you don't believe in God? Your life will be messed up by the same spirit, intelligent beings. That messed up your family. I didn't even know as I was saying it, they had already, they had almost finished his own case. So it's not the family that cast out demons. It's praying the word together. The, ah, the word has this thing in it. Eh? I don't know. God allowed me to explain it. Like I said, our brother said your daddy. You know, this is my wife. Just referring to the story our brother said. I said, when God just calls somebody, go church. See, let me tell you how it happens. Eh? You are from a village. Everybody's worshiping shrine. Then God picks one and starts going to church. He will not be rich in his own life. Don't worry. He'll just manage. Just limp through life. He'll be okay. 
But go and watch his children. They will be the only normal people in that, church, in that village. All those ones that refuse to follow them to church. It will be from one problem after another. You just see this particular family that said they're going to church. Little by little, they just be climbing. Little by little. It's not much. not dramatic. One day, a friend of mine told me the story. We mentioned some great industrialists in Nigeria. People that politicians spend money and all of that, you don't know that they're not politicians. They're just industrialists. Then today, if you are counting their wealth, you understand? You are counting $1 billion, $2 billion, but they don't talk. But they are movers and shakers. My friend said, <laughs> there are some of those men, their fathers were cat kissed. People who just followed the Reverend Father, followed the Anglican priest, they didn't have anything. But they stopped going to the shrine. They stopped. They took their children to church. Some of those children are not even vibrant believers the way you, you know vibrant believers to be. But their fathers disconnected them from this African curse. Brought in the light of Christ. And that light began to shine on them. Bit by bit, they became important people in their environment. And God will now give them a message. Take the light back to that village. And listen, if you are like that, God gives you plenty of money. It's not to be chopping. You know, usually that's where we go mad. After two generations, we send our own children abroad. And that's the whole problem starts again. What God does is that take that money, go back there. Not, it's good to build schools, build hospitals, but the primary thing is make sure the gospel is prospering there. Yeah, build a school. Let people come. Let it be inexpensive. But let, them, let there be a place where Bible studies hold. In two generations, they will forget there was ever a curse or a false god in that place. You want, to, you want true deliverance, that's how it comes. True deliverance is not that this. I'm sorry, please, God forgive me. I don't mean to be critical. So when I see Christians do that in too much, I just get tired. So what does all they shout about? Let me tell you, believers, sometimes people say they are praying. They pray for hours. I listen to the prayer. I said, I'm sorry, oh. you know I'm not God. I'm just a servant, right? But the understanding has given the servant. Is this thing you are doing is not prayer. You are making noise. See, I will say it. You know why I need to say it? Because I have found out that many things I say, eh? ten years later, prominent preachers start saying them. Then people start believing. So I will say this one so that ten years' time, you will know you heard it before. If the church gathers together to pray, all this cacophony is not necessary. Tell the leader to write out scriptures that we are going to read. There's an order to it. If you want to make cacophonic noise, make it in your bedroom. Cacophony in your house. When you gather, when the Bible says pray in the spirit. Eh? Is the word of God is talking about there. You go and read what Paul said. He said to the Ephesians, do not be drunk with wine. Wherein it is excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. You went to the Colossians in 3.16. It said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What you call being filled with the Spirit is the word of Christ. So when John, James said, building up yourself on your most holy faith, comma, then praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he was talking about the fact that any prayer you pray, must be sincere, must be based on the word. So when we believers want to gather, 
please. Just like this morning, I read from which Psalm was that? Psalm 33, right? Yes. Eh, Psalm 33. Yes. You defy Islamic agenda, Abby. Read that scripture out. And then we declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word will stand in this land. Your word will be established in this nation. Only the gospel of Jesus will cover the land. And the people will say what? Amen. Amen. That is how to do communal prayer. All the other personal prayers, you can pray personal prayers together. One like, all of us are praying for our needs. Okay, we can. But once it's a joint issue, brethren, put the word in the center. This word is alive. The Lord is good. I was trying to say something. What was I trying to say? Satan doesn't have what? Power. What he uses is what? Tricks. Now, if he doesn't want us to fulfill our destiny, what is his device? Let's not get back. That's the message for today. Everything I've said up to this point is introduction and addition. Now, digression. Now, Jara, the one you paid for when you were coming in. Now, now we want deliver on. You understand? Uh-huh. That one up to now is this one. This one is free. The Lord is good. So, where were we? Hmm? Matthew, thank you, yes. Yeah, fear, fear, Matthew. So, I've said all of this to emphasize the fact that Satan only uses what? Tricks, devices. And the device he uses against our destiny, number one, one is, uh, number one device he uses what? Fear, fear. Fear is why people don't enter into the promised land. You remember the story, Numbers chapter 12? What happened there? The people came to the edge of the promised land. They saw the promised land, but they could not enter. Why were they not able to enter? Because they were afraid of the giants. Now, our test scripture we read today, what did you read from there? You see that Jesus explained something. He said, whosoever wishes to save his life, we lose it. The desire to save our lives is the reason why we don't fulfill the destiny of God for us. Remember, see this life, these physical things you see, they're actually an illusion, sort of. What I mean is that each sight you see is designed to tell you something. I hope you're getting my point. When those people saw the giants, this was a satanic operation in the giants. The satanic operation was for them to be afraid to enter into their promised land. Now, where they lost, where they lost it, was in their hearts. That fear point was where they lost the battle. It was not in the, at the time of fighting. Take example, Goliath. Goliath showed up to Israel. And everybody stayed in their tents, including Brother Saul, the king. Where did they lose the battle? Not. They lost without fighting Goliath. Now, who won the battle for them? David. Now, this is where I'm going. When he didn't win the battle, it was not when he met Goliath. The moment he saw Goliath, he won. Once he saw Goliath, in his heart, see, I told you what you see physically is supposed to tell you something. What did David see? David saw an uncircumcised Philistine. Everybody here saw what? <laughs> A terrible giant that could kill them. What David saw was an the emphasis on circumcised. For David, lack of circumcision meant you were outside the covenant of Israel. 
So how dare you speak against the armies of the living God when your own God is a dead one? That's all. See, everything about David's fight that day, that's where it began, that's where it ended. What did he see? An uncircumcised Philistine that has no right to talk when God is talking. David was young. That guy was from his youth, they said. So he was not a small boy anymore. He has been a warrior. So David said, I will fight him. In fact, he was so sure. <laughs> David is a very funny human being. He was so sure he would kill the guy. He was asking, what would they give me? <laughs> and that was it. Now. He's like, please, oh, sorry. What will be done for whoever takes this guy out? He said that uh, your family will not pay taxes again in Israel. Uh-huh. Is that all? Oh, that's what my father I mean for me. You marry the king's daughter. <laughs> Are you guys serious? He said, yes. You're very serious. He said, prepare the wedding feast. Because right now, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't get why. I don't forget all this. I don't marry. I don't marry. Because it, let me explain this. God had transported him in his heart into the place of victory. It didn't cross his mind he wouldn't win. He was so sure he would win. <laughs> he was so sure he would win that when they gave him something to protect himself, he said there's no need. I can't even use this. How do you use this in the fight? This is, it's rather heavy, don't you think? They put it on him. He said, sir, this is kind of heavy. How do you manage in battle? No wonder you guys lose sometimes. Man, this is heavy. This is rather heavy. How are you going to go? So, okay, let me use the one I'm used to. Small digression again. Small, this is very small. It's very small. Please, not long. Me, I, I told the Lord the other day, you know, you know where, and I, where you and I meet. Some people say, ah, they stayed there. They prayed for seven days. I said, God, you know, me and you, we have never encountered each other on things like that. I know where we meet. Where do we meet? Just give me scriptures. Give me the, a book. Give me messages. Then I can stay in one corner for a whole day. Then we'll go talk. The one they are using is good for them. So oh, I prayed, I prayed until God showed up to me. He has showed up to me while I'm reading. So give me my book. Let me read. That's an aside. Stop trying to copy everything everybody else is doing. He said they fasted for seven, they did not eat. If I fast for seven, I don't eat, I will die. So I'm not planning to do it. If God wants me not to eat for seven days, he has better take me to the mountain with him, like he did with Moses. I can't be there and say I'm not eating. My wife is frying egg downstairs. Lie, lie. <laughs> lie. When I was much younger, we used to try to tell that before he goes to, for any meeting, before he goes for any meeting, he goes to prayer for like six hours. When he comes, he comes on that day and nineteen. I tried it too, you know, we tried that. <laughs> no anointing, they follow. That nothing. They say, can't you come in the presence of God? It's the presence before he comes to minister. Who to now go Wednesday, I'm going to pray. You better stay in one corner. Say, God, no, presence. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know what used to happen? Nothing. After a while, they said, no, you have to stay for long. I beg. I can't stay for long. I don't know what's going to happen. Leave me. They know they didn't wake up one day. They said, let me stay for long until something happens. So one day, Pastor Paul at different said he went to he went to the America. When he first got to know T D Jakes. So they were going to church. So maybe service is by five o'clock. So if they look time, okay, now three o'clock with this. So 
So T.T. James was still doing something in the office. Then they went to a restaurant, and he's looking like, Sir, we have service by five. By this time around, they were eating. It's four o'clock. Ah. So he was like, excuse me, sir. I think there's service by five o'clock. So T.T. James looked like, so what has that a problem? <laughs> he says, sir, if I'm the one. By now, no, no, nobody see me again. I've disappeared to one corner. I said, T.T. James laughed. Told him that, don't watch. Don't, don't worry, just watch. They drove to church, JJ. Then when they gave TDJs the microphone, then fire fell. Ah, Pastor Paul looked like, maybe eating is the key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got confused. In fact, I heard him say something one day. He said that, <laughs> he mentioned one particular, he trained under one pastor somewhere, somewhere else, outside Nigeria. So one day Bishop Oedipo came to their church. You know Bishop Oedipo? So Pastor Paul, when he said he was watching to see how Oedipo does. So normally his own ogre, if he's going to preach maybe by, by 8 in the evening, from morning, you'll be hearing, Balago, Balago, Hada, Hola, Blaba. you'll be hearing prayer the whole day. The guy did listen. Bishop Oedipo didn't say, Pim! No, you want to hear, maybe he's in a hotel room, but maybe you guys are waiting. When that he didn't hear from his mouth. Evening time, door open. The man carried his Bible, they went to church. No bishop used to do it, doesn't that does this? Use him. Hallelujah! Then Bishop began to release. My God, fire again. <laughs> so tell your guy, say, Bossa. I didn't hear this man. The prayer you taught us to be praying. This guy didn't pray to. So the man said, if you follow him, you will die. <laughs> he said, he was trying to explain something to us that day. <laughs> He said, but one thing is that the bishop is, was constantly soaked in the word. You're not hearing anything. The guy is soaking himself in scripture. So he was trying to say that with that attitude, the man, in January they had a church that was 2,000 people. By December, the church was 20-something thousand. Some would say, the key, ah, we'll go to the mountain. Bishop, but people didn't used to do anything like that. According to him, they are setting, you know, they say, flow, you know, I just walk in Thanksgiving. I just know whatever the Lord has said is going to come to pass. I spend all my time giving him thanks. This ministry was not built by me. Do I look like I can't build anything? <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, it is the spirit. Did you hear me? I said, it is the spirit of God. So I've learned. I said, when people tell me stories, they fast for city days. I said, bros, if I fast for city days and I'm not on the mountain with the Lord, I will die. And I don't want to die. Leave it. As I tell you people, people preach on hungry stomach. I'm not used to it. Too. This one that we are meeting early in the morning is why I'm not coming here. I never eat anything. And I'll be taking ordinary small drink that they pour water inside for hydration purposes. Even a normal meeting, I eat before coming. I have noticed over time, it's, you live longer and to serve the Lord like that. that. Like I said, it's what? Small digression. Mm-hmm. So they gave it to David. David looked and said, no, I can't use this. I cannot use this one. What do I know how to use? I know how to use my sling. So he took his sling, took very seven nice pieces of rock. So this one guaranteed to break a, 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 a giant's head. And of course, you know, so many things to say. See, the giant expected the boy to draw a sword. 
So the boy came. He wa- Look, he just saw a sling in his hand. He didn't know that was his danger. That is David's own danger zone. That that sling is as good as your sword. So you came against me with what? Because he was holding a, stef- a shepherd's a stick in one hand. He didn't notice the stones. Sometimes I look at the church and say that hey, the Muslims are organizing. We need to organize. I say, what is wrong with you? Goliath is carrying his shield and his spear. And you are ashamed of your own stone. I don't know whether you are getting my point. You are ashamed of your own stone. What's wrong with you? And that's this political era. I keep on warning the church. The way you are leading people, you are leading them into bondage. For those who have not heard me, let me say it again. It is absolutely wrong for any church to support any candidate. It's absolutely wrong. What do you even know? Do you know who the governor has chosen? The governor among the nations? Do you know who he has chosen? What is wrong with the church? You want to use Goliath's method to get deliverance. There's what is called the rock. When you talk, anytime you see rock in the Bible, hmm? the rock, rock. David went there, picked small pieces of rock like that. Do you understand? Why? Anytime you see rock like that in scripture, it's giving you a sign. It's a sign of the Lord. I hope you get my point. The Lord is my what? Rock. You hear David say that. How do you activate the rock? What did God say to Moses? Speak to the rock. So when the church sits down and is firing his arrow from prayer, people say that we have prayed enough. I say, why is Satan using you to help us lose? I don't know whether you're getting my point. I said the other day we were praying. Let's get something right. Now, please, I know this is not popular. I really don't care. When it comes to politics, I've never been popular in the things I say. The church understands something. We don't want any candidate. We don't care about any candidate. I will say it straight. We're not supporting APC and uh, Bola Tinubu. We're not supporting Labour Party and P2B. We're not supporting uh, uh, PDP and Tukwa Obaka. We're not supporting, what's the name of that Aluta guy? So what's the name of his party? Uh, eh? It's not ADC. ADC is um, AAC. <laughs> We're not supporting them. We're not supporting um, ADC. That's Dimubi uh, Kachiku. Then the young professor. One guy just, we're not supporting anybody. You know what, what we want? We want that seat itself. Whoever sits on it, we do our will. I don't care who you are. Once you sit on it, you will do the will of God concerning my life. I'm not, look, I don't, I don't care who you are. Personally, I don't care. And the church should not as a body. Now, individually, you have a right to... Are you getting my point? Each one of us has a right to follow whoever we want for whatever reason we care. We have that right. And we should. And I keep on saying each person must vote if you're a believer. Why? It's a civic duty. It's not the key to anything. It's not the key. It's nothing. You will... You won't go anywhere. If you gather, the love will scatter it. So leave that in. You should vote. You must vote. Every believer should vote. But this is what the church should do as a body. Can't should listen to what I want to say. Normally, they are the ones that speak for Christians. They should gather, have a small committee, draft what they want from the leaders in Nigeria. Based on scripture, Based on scripture, not personal agenda. 
righteousness, justice, peace, fight against corruption. So put details, put details and your recommendations for how to accomplish it. Bind it into a into a book. Then get a delegation of serious people to go and visit each of the candidates. Let camera follow you, we don't care. Go to the Labour Party people. We want to see your flag bearer. He sits down. Sir, this is what the Lord is saying concerning Nigeria. If he puts you in power, he expects you to do that. Leave him. Go to PDP. Want to see your man. I'll back at you. Sir, this is what the Lord is saying. If he puts you in power, do this. And your throne will be established. Go to APC. Do the same thing. Go to all these other parties we mentioned. Do the same thing. You must never be seen as partisan. Ever since Pastor Mutebakara joined APC, no matter what he prophesies, who listens? There was a time that when he wants to talk, the whole nation tunes in. Ever since he joined APC, once a guy talks, we just look like he's a presidential candidate. The other day he told his church that he's the 16th president of Nigeria. That I've never told you before. I'm telling you now. Write it down. You can't laugh yet because they have not taken the net. Uh-huh. But the point is that most people just laughed. So when they got, is it one vote or zero votes in the... <laughs> bros, sir, sir, no disrespect, man. I'm just trying to explain to the people of God some things. People just laughed. Now, what am I trying to say? Because as a prophet, he could not afford to be seen to be partisan. Once that came in, the prophetic office lost credibility. So we now struggle to follow. The church should understand you can't be partisan. You shouldn't pass comments on people's candidates. Who, if APC decides to run Muslim Muslim ticket, you know what? I don't give a damn. If it bothers me, I won't vote for them. But this is what the church should do. Take that book, go to each one of the candidates. And when you've done telling them, you say, can we pray for you? I can assure you, there is no politician except the ones that want to go to hellfire that will not ask for that. If you say you kneel down, he will kneel down. Remove your cap, he will remove. And once they fall for that, they are falling for it. What I mean is that once they, you will now raise your hand to heaven. Heavenly Father God, we commit this nation into your hand. This man here, this woman here is a citizen of this nation and he wants to rule this country. If it pleases you, you will establish him. And if you do, Lord, we ask that you pray for him, not joke now, from the bottom of your heart, and you go to all the candidates, you do that. Then you go home and go and sit down. Then individually, you campaign for your own candidate. You know, sometimes you guys say that there's something I'm writing. Let us agree. I finished this since. I finished, in fact, it's coming out as a little book because it ended up being so voluminous. I said, I'll add something else I had, I wrote some years ago. I'll put the two together. And this as a book, but I might not print it just as an ebook. In the book, I explained, in, in, in that um, sermon, I explained that we are supposed to be in agreement. How can we think about is it possible to be in agreement right now as a body of Christ in this country? It's not possible. Why? It is simple. The running mate to Kwakonso is a Pentecostal bishop, is a member of our body of Christ, true of us, or you want to deny him now because his principal is Kwakonso? No, no. Peter B is a practicing Catholic, is it not? 
The running mate to Atiku, which church does he go to? It's a Catholic too, if I remember well. Abi, am I mistaken? I'm correct. So, the two of them answer to the same pope, two different parties. Why do you want to confuse heaven? Let's come to APC. Two of our most prominent pastors in Nigeria were presidential candidates in APC. Pastor Debaka is number one. Our vice president, another person. Two of them are still members of that party. You want them to come into agreement with you for another party to win? I could go on and on like this. The ADC candidate... I know he's a Pentecostal, active member of a Pentecostal church. I know the name of his church, but I don't want to make a mistake, so I won't say that online. What does that tell you? It is not possible for the church to be in agreement on which candidate should win. It's not possible. If you try to be, you are fooling yourself. You have divided your ranks, and you pray it will have no effect. The other man was praying, saying, God, we give you this campaign. Help us win. I said, what, what message are you saying? It's election. You cannot be saying that you gave it to God, then you are deciding that should, we should win. If you give it to God, you have to. You know that He can say you should lose. If you cannot accept that from His hand, you didn't give it to Him. No people don't understand that. You cannot go. Just, you can't. Just, if it is God you gave it to, you have just said, "Sir, there's a good chance I might lose." When it is God, you don't make decisions for Him. You run for office, He can say you are not winning. What is the point I'm making, people of God? Let's not fool ourselves. We cannot agree as a church on who our candidate will be, and because we cannot agree, we should not even bring the matter of prayer. Because if two of you shall agree, that is when power is released. As touching anything that they shall ask. So, are there things we can agree concerning? Yes! That's why I began with saying that, what do we agree concerning? Say, God, see that throne. We can all agree we want it. What about we want it? We consecrate it to the will of God. We consecrate it to righteousness. We consecrate it as a church. We claim it. We say Anyone that we sit on it, we rule in justice. We rule in the fear of God. We start itemizing things that scripture says. Let me ask you a question. Can we agree on all these things I've said? No, answer me. Yes. It's clear. So a Dumebikachiku supporter can say amen from the bottom of his heart. A P2B supporter can say amen from the bottom of his heart. An Atiku supporter can say amen from the bottom of his heart. A Bolatinubu supporter can say amen from the tom- bottom of his heart. Because the truth is that, you know the truth, if you had all of those things, you wouldn't care who was ruling them. If they tell you tomorrow that there's an American we are importing, he's going to be president of Nigeria. Within two years, 24 hours power in every sector, all industries open again. Within, three, within five years, all roads fixed. Within 12 months, insecurity vanished. Do you know? We say, excuse me, sir. Can I dash him my passport? That is, in fact, if that's what he needs for him to be a president, let me be with that state. You wouldn't care that this guy is a white man. What am I going to say? We know what we are looking for. And the real thing we are looking for, if we can come in agreement before the Lord, you want to hear? He will grant it. The real reason why he has not been able to grant is that we have never been in agreement. It's obvious, isn't it, that the thing you paid for to hear today, you can't hear it. So I, I, I will stop now. Then we will come back if the Lord, you know, the thing about, let me, let me tell you something about my ministry, my life. Any message I think I'm well prepared for is one I never preach. It's really, you know, the best thing, let me just come not prepared. 
I should have just slept on time yesterday. Otherwise, I was reading the Bible at night. I have sinned over the years. Anytime I'm well prepared, I have something I want to say. Please, people do. Mm. <laughs> say it now. You all carry my tongue. They drive them up and down. So please, eh? That message we came here to preach today. If the Lord allows, we'll come back to it next time. But if he doesn't, you will hear it another day. Meanwhile, can we bow down our heads and say, Lord, thank you for the one we have heard today. Let's say, Lord, thank you. Just give him thanks for his goodness. Give him thanks for his goodness. Say, Lord, thank you. Indeed, you are good. Lord, thank you. Indeed, you are kind. Lord, thank you. Indeed, you are wonderful. Say it again. Say, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Lord, you are good. You are wonderful. Lord, you are good. You are wonderful. We give you praise.